Right, folks, uh, we're back for a special episode today. We've got two, uh, I'd say, pretty well-known hobbyists here. Uh, made the trip up from sunny Devon, Shirley Gibson and Rob Fleet. How are you both doing? Fine, thank you, Ricky. You? Good. Bye. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Nice journey? Yeah, pretty too good. Bad. Yeah. It's not a nice journey, though, is it? It's a long journey, yeah. but it wasn't too bad today. Hats off to you for, uh, for making it up here to come and share some of that knowledge with everybody. So the point of today's exercise is just to, uh, we're going to fill people in on sort of your two's journey, just to uh, chat, share some experiences, because I think everybody likes to, to learn from other people as much as possible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go from there really. So Shirley, first of all, known each other for a while now. Quite a few years, yes. I How think... long was it ago since you first purchased that uh, shoddy Ginring Kwaku from me? <laughs> I think it was end of 2009-2010. Yeah, it would have been something like that. Because I came back from Japan, a uh, trip that I did out there. Yeah. Um, I saw a post from Fujio Omo yeah. that he'd bred them. I think there was also a Yugenji Yenrin uh, that went to a friend of yours. Yeah, yeah, that year, yeah. I actually rang you up to ask about that one. You said, sorry, it's sold. Yeah. And it was like, right, okay. The other ones are on NND's mm. post. Fortunately, I managed to buy that. Yeah. Still in my pond, still looking amazing. Still got it, still looking good. Um, incredible fish. Mm. Skin on it for the age it is, because it's yeah. 13 now. I think yeah. it came in as a two-year-old. Mm. Um, skin on it is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Ginrin is still good. Incredible fish. The one and only time they've produced Ginrin Kwaku yeah. as well. I wish they'd do it again. Yeah, <laughs> really yeah, do. I'd have a special, special batch of fish, that. Bucket full of them if they did. Really nice. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that question you've been dreading me asking, so how long have you been keeping Koi for? I was always <laughs> going to drop you in it. Yeah. I think on recollection, I, start, I bought my first one in 1995, 96. Okay. By accident. Yeah. Went to a garden centre, bought something that mm-hmm. wasn't a goldfish, wasn't sure what it was. Stuck it in a very small three foot by three foot pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, outgrew it in a season. Yeah, yeah. Um, thought, no, if I'm going to keep this fish going, I need to find out what it is. Mm. Went to the library, searched through books, Japanese koi. What's that? <laughs> Biggest mistake I ever made. Started reading about it. Here I am today. The rest is history. Yeah, quite. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And you, Rob, uh, we've also known each other for a bit. I think I yeah. first met you when you were first getting into it around the Devon Koi Club. That uh, might have been right. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, I've been keeping Koi since 85. Okay, no then. Fair no, play. But um, yes, first time I got more seriously into yeah. the local Koi Club, <laughs> made a bit of a step up into what the pond setup was and the fish that I keep. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like most, started with a little sunken bat and a couple of goldfish, 1985. Mm-hmm. Put a little sort of pond liner in Parents Pond a year later. Yeah. A couple of £3.50 sort mm. of uh, koi. And nice. on Pond Mark 3 at the moment, really, koi-wise. Nice. And um, so we've been going nearly 10 years with that one. Mm. And hoping to build another one, but the way things are going, that might change slightly with obviously costs and things. Mm. But... Mm. Finding that I'm running out of space like most koi keepers do. Yeah. It's, uh, Good fun, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the previous pond did well. You know, mm-hmm. sort of single bottom drain, vortex, Japanese matting, yep. brushes, etc. And, and 
you know, had a fish about 15 years mm-hmm. in that one, um, but never grew, you know, probably fed a kilo of food a year, um, no heating, sort of probably had a dozen or so fish in 1500 gallons, mm. survived happily, did, did okay, but you know, back then fish didn't grow to the same extent in this mm. country anyway. Mm. Um, but probably 17 year old, uh, you know, the shower was about 40, 50 cm. Yeah. When it died at sort of 17, <laughs> 18 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. Now you almost turn your nose up if a toe size, not nearly that. So yeah. you sort yeah, of. I'll give you that. It is a big, big change. Yeah, I'll give you that. So I think it'd be fair to say where both of you are at, it's fairly, I was going to say in the higher end of the hobby, you're both very experienced and enjoyed time on the show circuit. Uh, been around have you been in showing rob yeah never actually shown no, myself been to a fair few sure, shows but yeah. surely has yeah. uh, i know you do like to indulge in a few nice pieces uh here and there guilty so. pleasure is <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is one of the biggest problems facing new koi keepers coming into the hobby these days I'll ask both of you and, and see where we go with this i think because of the time that rob and i have been keeping them things were a lot different back then mm. Um, particularly in the southwest, we don't have that many good dealers. Mm-hmm. The ones we've had have retired, given up over the years. Yeah. Um, so to a certain extent, we had to sort of start at the bottom and work our way up. Mm-hmm. To me, from doing that, you learn a lot. You know what's going to work in growing on koi, yeah. body structure, everything else, pond maintenance, pond mm-hmm. setup correct equipment um, I'm not knocking it because obviously uh, finance is a big part if you have mm. the finance to come in these days it's easier you've got the likes of drums showers maintenance on a pond is almost labor free not totally mm-hmm. labor free mm-hmm. but a lot easier than spending winter yeah, months cleaning out brushes and yeah. jack matting things like that not a glamorous job is it no no, I spent far too many winters up to my elbows in freezing cold, coming in with purple hands, trying mm. to hose off stuff. Um, it's good that the hobby is going as well as it is. Mm-hmm. I think with the two-year COVID break, there's a lot of people that have built ponds coming into the industry. Um, but I also think there's a lot of people that are trying to run before they can walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got the finance, it's easy to go out and buy everything. Yeah, it'll run fine for a while. As soon as people are hitting on issues, they're not capable of dealing with them. Yeah. Parasites, for one thing. In the last two years, I've seen so many people really struggling with water issues, mm. flukes in particular, not knowing how to deal with parasitic issues. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I think they need some sort of guidance. If you can find a dealer that mm. you can trust go to for advice, follow that advice. Yeah. Facebook and other social media sources are mm-hmm. good, but you get so many opinions, you just get bombarded with information and don't know where to it's go. It's hard to know yeah, yeah. which direction to yeah. choose, isn't it? I mean, as, as you know, I've had a couple of real knocks where mm. I've lost good fish, yeah. expensive yeah, 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 fish, yeah. Yeah through not knowing how to deal with it. Mm. And I've left it too late in contacting you yeah. in particular at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Those fish are no longer with me. Mm. So I had to make a choice of, right, if you're going to keep going, you do it properly. Mm. 
I tend to do everything myself now. Mm -hmm. If it goes wrong, I've only got myself to blame. Yeah. Not that I would blame anybody else, mm -hmm. but you have to act. As soon as you see an issue, you've mm -hmm. got to deal with it. You can't afford to leave it to, it might be better next week. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, Very don't important. rush into things that, you know, if you get a slight pinking on a scale, mm -hmm. it might be that they've knocked you in feeding. Don't take it out, anaesthetize it, treat the raised scale unnecessarily. If your water's good, it'll go down. That is very good advice. Mm. It's a, it's a I big think people one. do jump in too yeah. quickly. I've been guilty it's... of it. It's, it's one of the biggest things I had to learn. I think given my age throughout my koi keeping journey, that sort of eagerness to do everything as quickly as possible and when stuff's gone wrong, just jumping in, mm. trying to do everything all at once mm. and making the situation 10 times worse. Yeah. But that's where I've got today so laid back obviously but that comes with experience yeah chilled out you see it you see, you see a bit of a bump scale you know what's probably yeah. caused it chill out just leave yeah. it be yeah. rather than sticking that net in potentially causing a whole world of other damage and stress along the way yeah and, yeah making your problems yeah. worse so, yeah. i mean for instance i had a fish um that i took to the national this year took it out the bag obviously it had been flattering bag mm. coming back um you know, alien water at the show, yep. different temperatures, this, that, and the other. Um, got it out of the bag, thought, oh, it split its fin, mm. great. Put it in the pond, just monitored it. Within three weeks, it had grown back mm -hmm. and healed, knitted together. Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody else might have looked at that and thought, oh, split fin, what do I do? I've got yeah. to stitch it, or this, that, and the other. Yeah. If your water's good and your pond parameters are right, you know, yeah, it'll sort mm. without yeah. human intervention very yeah. often. Yeah. What about you, Rob? I think probably patience is what people need more. I think we all got used to living our lives so quickly nowadays. Mm. And obviously with all the modern filters and heating much more affordable and easier to do with heat pumps and things. I think the trouble is, is it's great heating and, and if you want growth and everything, brilliant. But everything in a koi pond seems to happen so much quicker. Mm. So if you're having problems, they can get out of hand much quicker. Mm. Um, at, at that sort of pace I did find obviously like for years doing it the more traditional way because that's all there was yeah. that you didn't have quite the same stock in lakes because fish were much smaller mm -hmm. you weren't chucking anything like the same amount of food so really things sort of stayed far more stable which I know mm. is something you've been been preaching mm. you know did things that wouldn't dream of doing now like you know clean the filters out once a week and just top up from a tap yeah couldn't do that struggling to do it even through carbon yeah, this yeah. summer um but you you sort of a you, like you say you get the the apprenticeship and you, mm. you can learn and see things but also things happened much it was much more manageable now we're sort of pushing you can keep much more fish if you do mm. it properly mm. you can get some brilliant achievements grow things you like you say you can match it sometimes even better my ponds for actual growth and stuff mm. but if like you find we've all had issues with with parasites at mm -hmm. some point we all keep adding fish at a great rate of knots and upsetting the balance yep and then like you say when you start sort of having an issue then that sort of keep dipping in scraping and everything else mm. it sort of compounds itself you mm. never give the fish chance to settle back down and Correct. i think that sort of stress fact is is why you then sort of can have full seasons with with issues yep I found myself even when you've had like flukes and things you get down to 16 18 degrees it all calms down you think you've got on top of it 
get back up to 24 the next summer mm. everything's going quickly again mm. uh, and these things have got such a, a life cycle that, that mm. they can overwhelm fish if you give them chance mm. very quickly mm-hmm. so I think as I say a bit like anything in modern life we've all got everything straight away and we we've lost that little bit of patience and and just stepping up quite a bit is back. the ultimate game of patience mm. it really i think to truly succeed in it no matter you know even decades ago patience is the key yeah if we look at obviously japan their culture and i, I always look at the the things the japanese are really good at and you see the level of dedication I've just been watching a crazy youtube series recently on uh, restaurants in japan Mm-hmm. And we're seeing chefs that literally dedicate to one dish for their entire lives. Yeah, yeah. That's the level of dedication that is not just not seen in many other places. But we look at all the things we're into, koi, bonsai, sort of samurai stuff, all yeah. them things, and the things that they craft, time, patience, skill, mm. and experience. This isn't stuff that's learned from books. It's learned from a, an old sensei who's... Yeah, you I've know, been doing it for forty years, and yeah. the apprentice has to serve twenty years under him before he can even be considered worthy. Yeah, it's, it's the pull part of the romance for me, I think. But you, you know, very, very much lacking, I think. In the, in the times you visited Japan, culture. their culture is different. Mm. Their lifestyle is so calm, mm. um, which is grounding for all of us. You know, if if we took a step back and just thought about what we do. Mm instead of ploughing in. Yes. And in the Western world, it's so much like that. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, one thing you do need is patience with koi. It is. You know, patience and you get to the point where you learn, and it's, as you said the other night, pretty little fish, pretty little yeah. fish, ugly big fish. There's mm. so much truth in that. Mm. Because if you're buying for the here and now... Mm. Yeah, chances are you're going to get fed up with it because it doesn't move, it doesn't do anything, it doesn't hold your attention. Mm. Whereas if you've got something that's got it there, but it's got the potential to improve, Mm. that fish will stay with you for... Not an easy concept to get your head around, though. It takes a long time, Mm. a long time to realise and appreciate what Mm. you should be looking for. And to me, as you well know, you don't have to spend an absolute fortune on fish. If your water's right, your pond setup's right... You get the right fish, the right feeding regime, it's a dream. I'll give it a chance. Mm. I think it's fair to say you've had a couple over the years, and even when I've been out of retail and Mm. we've sort of met up at dealers I've been working with and just gone, surely you need to buy that one. Yeah. And we're not talking crazy money fish. I've just seen it and gone, there's there's longevity in that. Yeah, yeah. Most have turned out all right, haven't they? Well, one, for example, was one of the... um, Ueno showers that you yeah, posted about. Yeah, just come to mind, yeah. Still got that in my pond. Mm. It's still got so much more to do. Yeah. And and it's it looks amazing still, doesn't it? It's still youthful, mm. you know, incredible fish. Mm. Yeah, well, um, this is the start it had. <laughs> <laughs> it's the choice, yeah. It was in my yeah. pond for a bit. Uh, Fair play. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I think definitely with patience, I find it the most rewarding part. Mm. You know, I, I like my go sankey. Mm-hmm. I'm more Sankey Shower because I like that you buy something young, you see a sudden sort of yeah. spot of sumi come up, you, you see something mm-hmm. developing. There is that with Koaku, but it's a little bit more subtle, the the, the, the movement in the, the Kiwasashi and the, the body type. Yeah. But, you know, it seems such more of an achievement if you can take a sort of one, two-year-old fish, mm. grow it to a decent size, 
improve the pattern mm. and everything else rather than just going out and buy it yes. it is that bit that you're like well no I had a hand in that mm. getting to that stage and yeah. and that for me is the bit that I get the most joy mm. from yeah I agree I'm there we on that one as well there's something very special about it isn't there mm. so Moving on from that one, best and worst experiences as a koi keeper so far. I'll get you thinking, won't it? We've all got them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's my worst. The most amusing was helping Rob last year. <laughs> Net, photograph, measure his fish. He's got a Makashi, which was right. a little bit lively. Mm. So we thought, right, we'll leave that one to last. Mm. Get the net in the pond, Rob's netting it. I'm stood by with the koi sock. And I could see it. It was a twist of the tail as it was down mm -hmm. the bottom. It swam in towards the net, mm -hmm. but managed to avoid it. Swished its tail again, came up, hit him straight in his chest. Wow. <laughs> he stepped back about two yards and the fish fortunately went back in the pond. Wow. I, I couldn't I... help him because I was in hysterics. It was yeah, the most comical yeah. thing I've seen. But the power behind that fish coming mm. out of the water and hitting him. Mm. <laughs> From six foot down, it was two swipes <laughs> of the tail. To be fair, it was a sort of hit and it was a sort of me blocking it because yeah. I would rather it hit me yeah, and go yeah, back in the water than the other way. Mm. That's not the only one I've had like that. I did have a little Ginwin <laughs> Kohaku actually once did a similar thing. Mm. And luckily it jumped over the window and landed in the bowl of water that was on the ground. Yeah. And it was meant to land in anyway. Wow. And you just think, oh, where was the camera when that happened? Yeah, yeah, great. But, um, <laughs> but now, serious, that worst one, I know for me straight away, it was a real early one that had a profound effect on me. And I uh, had been down at a wholesalers event and it was the most expensive. I'd been buying and selling a few fish at this point, and I had been about 12, I think, maybe. Mm. I remember a bit of Hirasawa Kowaku I picked up. Again, the dearest fish I bought at that time, the amount of times you hear that same words. And I was I was pretty besotted with this thing, to be fair. And uh, sure enough, it jumped. And at the time, the ponds were uncovered, and just between each filter, they were covered over. And we're only talking a three-foot space in one of the greenhouses, mm. but it jumped and managed to land directly on that. This kind of summer weather as well, and within a few hours it was baked and gone. Mm. Devastated. Absolutely devastated. And they stick with you, these things. Oh, yeah, definitely right. So come on. Yeah. That, was, that was my my worst one was with the new pond. I bought a, a Goshki, mm. was up top end of mm. what I'd spent at the time. Yeah. Um, been in for a, a few days, usually put a couple of koi boxes across the front of the, the, the mm -hmm. infinity window. Didn't do it one night, about four days in. Yeah. And like you say, next morning, the thing's on the ground, yeah. dead, nothing you can do. Yeah. And expensive mistake. It was the first fish I'd lost in that pond mm. after about five years. And yeah, that, that sickening feeling of... It can uh, be a hard one to it, come back it, from, can't It's it? my fault, really. Mm. If I just put those boxes across, it probably would have bounced back in. Mm. It really can at times. Mm. It's them kind of things where it can really yeah. have a profound effect and be hard to come back from as well. Yes. Especially when you consider, if you bring the financial element into it. Yeah. It's a hard one. For me, it's never so much that bit. It's when I, as something like that happens with a fish like that one I was so keen to see what I could do with it where it could get all the rest of it I'd picked it out of this tank full of fish mm. so chuffed for myself and then next thing it's uh, it's edible yeah crazy it, it's it's gut wrenching it's mm. 
the worst feeling I think you can mm. you can experience in in the hobby mm. um, is to lose a fish that you know you'll you'll never have the opportunity again mm. of replacing a fish possibly mm. of that caliber yeah and and everything else it's just make or break mm. for a lot of people I think mm. um, my best experience has to be my trip to Japan We've still not had the worst one, sure. No, we? I'm thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's one or two. I'm trying to work out which is the worst one. Um, no, we'll, we'll start with the best one. The, the yeah. trip to Japan was yes. just... I think back now and I can relive that week mm. hour by hour. Mm. It just embedded in my brain. Yeah. Something I'll never forget. Yeah. The culture, the experience of actually going to breeders out there. They mm. make you so welcome. Mm. The fish that you see... Mm. are mind-blowing compared to yeah. a lot of expensive fish you see in this country. Yeah. Um, There's just so many yeah. of them in there. Yeah. I think that's the bit when you think dealers are got, And it's hard because dealers buying high-end fish, such a risky business. Yeah. The, the risk versus reward is yeah. not stacked fairly with them kind of fish. So yeah. that's why you don't see so many filtered over here. And yeah. when they do decide to invest, you've got to know it's in the right realms. This is why we don't see many absolutely monstrous sort of mind-blowing goshkis or deutsch showers and things like that yeah. because the money they go for when it comes to someone spending that type of money typically yeah you all speak more from experience of it but you lean more towards go sankey than spending it on something like a deutsch shower or yeah definitely things that might be considered a bit more risky or something like yeah. that but you get out there and all of a sudden you've you turn up at Heroi's place and you see ponds just absolutely dripping in that stuff. And yeah, for a lot, it's something you've never seen before. Yeah. Incredible. A square tancho was one I'd never seen before there. A square tancho. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sold to an American <laughs> hobbyist, apparently. Uh, I think it was 94 cm. Mm. Um, but it was just like, really? And that was probably my first experience of seeing an enhanced fish. Because mm-hmm. there's no way you could possibly produce a fish like that with mm. a perfect square on its head. Mm. Square tantra, and it was yeah. like, mm, no, no, don't, yeah. don't really like this. Mm. Um, yeah, right. Back to worst experience or yeah, bad experience. Don't say me in me. I think I can probably really. I, I might be thinking complete, but didn't we have an issue with the uh, NND show you had in the mud pond? Yep. Lost that, that. that obviously ties in with that, doesn't it? I yeah. think that ties into your earlier experience yeah. as well of just yeah. leaving it that little bit too late. Yeah. And I think for me, I know I know how heavily you invested. We were both massively invested in that process. Yeah. Really top toe side we managed to get hold of, which again, as you say, is not an opportunity that comes around yeah. very often. And then, yeah, you wait in the mud pond, you get a nice result, and then next thing you know, that's how it plays out. Yeah. Um, that that was it was make or break Mm. it really was Mm. Um, and it was I wouldn't say it was fear it was the wrong time of the year Mm -hmm. my pond was covered Mm. it was like yeah I'll I'll just leave it a couple more days and see how it does Um, scraped it couldn't find anything Mm. Um, partly my fault because I wasn't thorough enough Mm And the result was it died. Found it floating mm. a couple of days later on top of the pond. Mm. Um, 
discovered I'd got costier on another fish. Mm. So I'm assuming it was that. Mm. And it was just left. I should have acted sooner. And as a result of that, it was, no, can't do this. Can't can't torture myself anymore. It's either you get your act together or you close the pond Mm. down. And the fact that I'd invested so much and had been in it, it was Mm. like, nope. One more try. You you get yeah. your act together and you get it sorted. Yeah. Um, and touch wood, I don't no. leave anything to chance. No. Drives my husband up the wall because that <laughs> fish has flicked a fin. Right, let's let's get it out, scrape it. Yeah. No, leave it till tomorrow. Um, but you know, this comes back to you. You've got to know what your fish mm. are capable of yeah. and how they react. Mm. And by monitoring them, observation is is key. If you don't spend time looking at them, Mm. not just when they're feeding, but just when they're swimming around, Mm. um, you know, you know, yeah, if they flipped, are they passing urine? Is it pH time of the day different to what it is in the morning? Mm. If it continues to do it and other fish are doing it, you know, you've got an issue, you need to scrape. Yeah. Um, And that was the mistake that I made with the other one. Mm. And yeah. Devastating. Again, yeah. it's not just financially. That the whole process of that fish was very emotionally oh, involved yeah. as yeah. well. I mean, I I can remember when it was shipped, and mm. I asked you what size it was. Mm. I think it was fifty four, mm, something yeah, like that. Yeah, rocketed. Um, and you said it's not as big as perhaps mm. you would like it or thought it was going to be, mm. but the body mass mm. and that for a male fish. In fact, I did take it to a show. I think it was two years after it had mm. been over here. And the judge said, that is an incredible female. And I mm. just laughed. <laughs> so I thought, it's a bloody male, you thought. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it could have easily been mistaken by... Most people would have said it was a female mm. fish because mm. the, the body on it was incredible. Yeah, And I think it was actually 68 Wow. that I managed to get it to. Mm. Mm. And it was just that head pattern, that five diamond... Mm. Um, Menoir was something I've never seen since. Incredible. Mm. But those big blocks of sumi, looking at the, the shower on the wall there, mm. those big blocks of sumi were just mind-blowing. Yeah. It really it, is you know, It was like yeah. somebody had got a painter's palette and just... Yeah. 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 What about you then, Rob? Best experience so far? I suppose I've... I've been fortunate, won a couple of growing shows for, mm-hmm. for fish development. They were quite satisfying. Yeah. But probably what gives me the most pleasure is you go to a show or something and you just see that special fish. Mm. Something like Rad Sankey, probably mm. the first yeah. top, top fish that I'd yeah. seen. Been in the hobby for sort of the best part of 30 years without mm. really going to shows and things. Yeah. And you see something like that and you think, yeah, that's, you know, that just blows your mind. And, you know, won't get to that stage but but that's the sort of bar that that's being set and you know that's how good koi can be yeah yeah um, it's inspiring isn't it yeah definitely but you could say to be honest any day you come home look in the pond and everything's happy mm. and they're all looking good then it's the best hobby in the world anyway yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll gear that on as well so show has been mentioned Surely you've had experience of doing it. I'd like to know your views on what you found good about it, enjoyment, what you found not so good about showing. And Rob, you've not done it yet. Is it something you're considering and the reasons why you're not? Just sort of views and opinions from your own experiences. 
the buzz that you get when you've actually worked on a fish, prepped it, mm-hmm. got it to the show, and you see that little sticker there is like, yeah, wow, mm-hmm. I've done it. Um, I do work hard at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even my husband said in prep for the national, I never realised just how dedicated she is yeah. and the work that goes into it. I mean, it's like six weeks before I start. Mm. That looks a possibility. Mm. Start photographing them, measuring them. Um, I won't take what I know doesn't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to go to that effort, I want yeah. to take something that I think, yeah, might be in with a yeah. chance. Yeah. Take it from there. Um, I'm a pain in the butt the morning that they're bagged up. <laughs> I am evil. <laughs> Can um, imagine. <laughs> if my husband ever watches this, it'll be, that's the truest word she's ever said. I look forward to seeing I get, his comments. I get yeah. so stressed, so stressed. From the moment they leave my pond until I get them back in, mm-hmm. um, a bit like cat on hot bricks. Yeah. Um, I know it shouldn't be the object because it's a chance we all take if you're moving fish around, but if you do it correctly, they should come back mm-hmm. parasitic yeah. free, stress free, no split fins, etc. Mm-hmm. You might get the odd one, but mm-hmm. to me, if you do it properly, it's not that much of a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. I think there's too many people coming in too quickly again without the knowledge of how to prepare for a show. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a, a set regime. You know, yeah, you need to starve them in plenty of time, empty mm-hmm. the guts, have the right equipment. The amount of people I see that don't have spare bags, don't have spare elastic bands. Yeah, that's crazy. Nets, everything else mm-hmm. that goes with it. You know, it's not a case of just taking them there mm-hmm. and bringing them back. Um, it's the preparation of everything else as well. Yeah. Um, Rob probably doesn't have a chance at the moment because he drives me around. (laughs) (laughs) Dave doesn't want to go, (laughs) so Rob comes with me. He enjoys the show, so he does the driving and and the fish and everything else. Um, It's it's a good experience. It's a good learning curve Mm. because you can have a fish that you think, actually... Walking around the other vats, that's in with a good chance. Mm. All it takes is for one judge to see something that you don't always see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily about the competition that you're up against. Mm. It's what that particular judge sees in the fish. Mm. Judges over here, so far in my experience, have a different view to what happens in Japan. Yeah. Based on that, I have had a fish that did take a bronze at the Young International Koi Show. Yeah. Um, which I shouldn't say, but that actually means far more to me than probably half the yeah. prizes I've won in this country mm. because of the different system. Mm. Um, that fish is a NND Shiro from the DK line. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's an amazing fish. The body structure on it, yeah. Shiroji, Sumi... That fish has got just such mm. a future. Um, and the fact that it started off there, it's got two firsts at the shows I've taken it to in this yeah. country so far. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's a fish with a future. Mm. And that's also what it's about. It's not just buying a fish. Anybody can go out and buy a fish and take it to the show in the hopes of winning. And if it does, great. Mm-hmm. It's being, to me, consistently to be able to improve that fish 
Yeah. To a point where, yep, it did well as a youngster. I've still mm. got it 10 years down the line and that fish is now this size. It's still a good And it's fish. still yeah. representative of what the variety should be. Yeah. Nice challenge, isn't it? Mm, so other than Shirley filling up all your car space, is there <laughs> is there anything holding you back, Rob, from getting into it? Me. To be honest, I've toyed with the idea of mm-hmm. doing it several times. Um, I am sort of 50-50. Mm. I think one of the main things is my main sort of purchasing thing is for me. Yep. The fish is going to be in my pond, hopefully for a long time, mm. hopefully see it develop. I do, as I've already mentioned, prefer sort of Sankey shower. Yep. So generally I'm not buying fish that are ready for a show. Mm-hmm then you get in that awkward position that they're probably not ready for a show until they're 75 cm. Mm-hmm. And to sort of dip your toe in the water by taking your best fish that are big fish and not mm. easy to handle mm. is a bit of a risk for me. Yeah, um, see that. Similarly, we all make compromises. I spend more than most, but not as much as a lot of the people that mm-hmm. are in the top show scene. Yeah, And... I'm happy to compromise on a few bits and pieces that a show judge might not. I like that, yeah. So I don't see it in my pond. I can enjoy the fish, but I'm also very critical of my own fish and will, you know, I'm aware of the minor demerits. Mm. Try and take a step back because I think you've got, that's a no-win situation. If you concentrate on demerits, every fish has got a demerit. Mm. So so you're never going to find the fish you fully like. Mm. So enjoy what's there. And as I say, if it's got a bit of Benny in the fin, mm. if it's got a perhaps not quite so good pattern, perhaps it's not an OGME or something mm. like that, then I'm happy that actually that sort of thing doesn't bother me in my mm. bond, but it might bother a judge in the show that. Yeah. Um, so I, I have toyed. To be honest, I love the show scene going as a spectator. Yeah. I actually enjoy going when Shirley's taking all the, the hassle of actually bagging <laughs> up the fish, doing the prep, yeah. and I can just go along for the ride. Yeah. Um, I, I get the, the, the feel-good factor when we turn up on a Sunday morning mm. and Shirley's done well. Mm. I'm pleased as well. Yeah. Um, you get to see all the other nice fish that, that so many people have got around the country mm-hmm. uh, and a chance to appreciate them. I don't like the sort of competitive sort of nature mm. that these things can get into. Mm. Um, I, you know, much rather the sort of the, the club scene and, and the, the friendly side of things, the good side of mm. Facebook mm. Um, mm. and just our coy days like this. Mm. You know, I, I don't like getting up in the morning. The only time I, I get up early really <laughs> is when we're going on a coy trip. <laughs> And I think that's why they called it the land of the rising sun. Yeah. That's the only time nice. I see it. Nice. But, um, but yeah, so I'm not saying never. Mm. Um, but I also appreciate that most of my fish wouldn't be show worthy until they get to a stage where mm. they probably haven't got a chance because they're, they're against the big yeah. boys that yeah. are going out to Japan mm. and sourcing their own stuff. And, mm. and I'm glad they do because it's mm. fish that are above my level mm. that we get a chance to actually view and, and yeah. enjoy once or twice a year yeah so i hope the show scene keeps going mm, me too um, it's important but whether i'll ever actually take the plunge mm. perhaps when shirley sort of does retire she might talk me into it 
and and if I've got something a bit smaller to sort of start with rather than trying to take 75 80 centimeter mm. fish but personally I get far more pleasure from getting a good fish maximizing its development yep. and getting up to the sort of 75 yeah, 80 yeah, cm yeah. and above yeah. than necessarily taking an award that's nice to hear from both of you because it just goes and this is what I've really been keen to get across there's something in the hobby for everyone just because you don't show there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because you're clearly quite content in what you're doing rob and more than happy with it and hats off to you that's to be honest the way i like to enjoy koi as well but the show scene does add another element and again i love to dip into that it's there is something out there for everybody in this job even if it's not raising big fish it's just keeping a nice pond there's people who enjoy the water side more than actually keeping the koi. The koi are almost secondary to actually keeping a pond and a, an aquatic environment. Other people, you know, go to the biggest extensive filter houses you've ever seen in your life because mm. that's where they like to be, mm. mucking around with pipes and knowing Definitely. all the science of it. Yeah. So there is something for everyone. And, and no, no matter how you enjoy it, I, there's nothing wrong with it. If it makes you happy. When, when I was secretary of our local koi club for... 10 years I always used to say to people you know you can make it as expensive as you want mm. or as cheap as you want it's your personal hobby mm. you don't have to follow the trend of no. so and so's done this so and so's done that and if we go on pond visits you'll see a natural pond with a mm. few koi in it that you know plant to take out mm. the knife out and, and that's it there's very little filtration or you can go to something that's cost 125 grand to build because the pond's pristine the fish are mm. top end the filter house is nearly as big as your own house sort of thing. Yeah. It's what you want to make it. Absolutely. And I think the trend now is that there's too much emphasis on everything has to be a set way. Mm. And people are being misguided by that. Mm. Do you think there's elements of it for you two of where you've sort of moved into the hobby? Maybe some of the circles that you naturally end up sort of going towards, maybe through the certain dealers that you end up visiting more and just just oh, because of where you just because definitely. of where you naturally move to in the hobby you get we're sort of over lunch sort of discussing this that i think there's this perception in the hobby that it's a real dog eat dog bitchy horrible world and i've seen that side of it but likewise the sort of side of it i'm heavily involved in with a lot of my customers and things seems quite peaceful relaxed chilled out everyone just enjoying it and enjoying koi keeping I think with anything that's competitive, mm. there's that element and it can sadly take over. Mm. Um, with regards to your knowledge and improvement in the hobby, you need to find a dealer mm. that you like their stock, is within your budget, mm -hmm. that you can trust and... I think it makes you feel at ease and value is yeah. important as well. Yeah. Yeah, really it's it's if you build up that relationship and you see a fish that perhaps, for instance, the golden corned. Yeah. There aren't that many in the country. Mm. If you like the fish and it's something you're looking to source, if you have that relationship, you can say to your dealer, I'm looking for this. Mm. This is within my budget. Mm. Is there a possibility you can source one of those mm -hmm. for me? Whereas you could spend a lifetime going around every single dealer in the country and still not be happy with what you're buying. Yeah. Because it's easy to get led into somebody putting a couple of fish in a bowl. That's got potential to do this, that and the other. Mm. You can have that a bit. I'll knock a bit of discount mm. off for you. Mm. You're almost 
forced into buying a fish that you don't particularly like, it might be, yeah, wow, that was great in the bowl. Mm. You put it in your pond and think, what the hell did I buy that for? Mm. Mm. And it comes back to a having that trust and patience again. Mm. You know, there are some fish that take five years down the line to stabilize in pattern, growth, everything else. Mm. You look at it and think, never actually thought that was going to have the potential to do that yeah, when I bought yeah, it. Yeah. It was v- vaguely there, but it's having the patience mm. to see it develop. Mm. Um, so to me, having somebody that you have that relationship with is paramount to improving. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going round and round and round in circles. Yeah. And I think, just going back to my point, be careful with the circles you end up mixing in. Yeah. Because it can, I've seen this, it can really influence yeah. your hobby in a bad way as much as it can a good way if you pick the wrong one i, I yeah. think a good dealer mm. can can be and and good local clubs things like that mm. some good solid advice can be make or break i think nowadays everyone's so used to sort of popping on the internet yeah something's a penny cheaper so i'll buy it from there you forget something like koi the experience you know that the, the mm. dealers have, have seen thousands times more fish than you'll yeah. ever see and own yourself they mm. know how things are developing mm. they can give you a bit of a helping hand in in selecting yeah um if you're having issues if you've got the relationship with a dealer you can speak to them and get mm. some sensible advice mm-hmm. yes you can get that from facebook and things but it, it's like a lot of these things that there's a lot of well-meaning people out there mm. but not all of the advice is brilliant yeah and I think you've stressed an awful lot. There's a very much a, in the koi world, there's not a one size fits all. No. I mean, flukes are a great example. Mm. There's been some people that will use a treatment once and it clears everything. Others mm. who are very experienced hobbyists yeah. will go through the entire range and have to come up with something that's not on the back mm. of the packet mm. to actually get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And I think that's where personally i haven't got a quarantine system Mm -hmm. so i've got only sort of two people that i've bought fish from in the last five Mm -hmm. years and i keep it to that on the basis that i don't want to be buying all here there and everywhere yeah it's two dealers i know that have got very good quarantine Mm -hmm. procedures Mm -hmm. themselves yeah and so i've got trust in what they say Mm. i'll listen to the advice i won't always act on it because at the end of the day i've got to like the fish Mm. as well yeah but I don't disregard it when there's people that are, are trying to help you and, and have got more knowledge than you. Mm-hmm. You'll be you'll be daft not, not yeah, to sort yeah, of follow it. Yeah, it's the right attitude to have, for sure. So just sort of winding down then a little bit, favourite varieties or favourite variety each year is going to be an hard one. Got to be Sankey for me. Sankey. I like to hear that, Rob. You know, that's, that's the one variety I hear so much. The general thing with Sankey is I don't get them the most common thing I hear about them constantly, they're not an easy fish to sell. I love them. I absolutely love them. The technicality of them as well and, and all the rest of it. But yeah, hats I off think, to you. I think they've been so hard to get good ones. Mm. And I remember the first time I ever met you at, at the National Show, mm. through Shirley, I was looking at, at buying a, a Sankey or a Showa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your advice was then, go for the Sankey. If you see a good Sankey, mm. you've got to take it when you can. Cause mm. Showa, definitely Kohaku, you tend to see a lot more I think good I remember ones. That. Was it Momotaro when you ended up buying it? It was, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A male again, <laughs> and, and it, it did yeah. very well. And um, was my most expensive fish at the time, mm. which it still was. But, mm. <laughs> but no, I mean, I've got sort of four Sankey at the moment, three of yeah. them. Takano, great, 
great. Yeah. Some of the sort of things, yeah, I've been nearly 40 years in the hobby. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about Sumi the, the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the pond and you think, well, I've got two very similar fish from Takano, mm. sort of five-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm. Benny style, the keywords all very similar. Mm. Body shape's very similar. One of them's got the Sumi, the, the older one, that's yeah. really low down and taken a long time to come out. Mm. The Nisai I only picked up in the spring. Mm. And it was one of those with a couple of spots of sumi. It's gone wild. Suddenly it's it's 10 <laughs> at 24 degrees. Yeah. It's sort of multiplied by mm. 10 mm. in and a couple of other little spots. And mm. and that's, in some ways, that's the best bit of the hobby. Mm. The fact that, you know, they have come up on the white in just the sort of places where there was a little mm. bit of a gap in yeah, the pattern. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. that's the sort of thing that, that sort of... I sort of look for and that's the, mm. where I get the most pleasure from. Yeah, nice. Um, and so, yeah, definitely Sankey for me. About you, Lynn Shirley? I think you know the answer. I think I do. I might be wrong, though. Not one of the blue ones, by any chance. Um, they, I, they're my second favourite. Yeah, I'm going to say... My heart I've... always goes to show her. Yeah. But Asagi. Yeah. Good Asagi. And as you know, there's only one breeder that, mm. that does well in my pond. Mm. Um, the first one I ever bought from you is still swimming around. Is it really? Yep. Nice. Um, wow. Probably just turning off its best. It's got three rogue Benny yeah. scales. Yeah. But other than that, Doesn't clean as that. a whistle. Yeah. Um, if I remember back, that weren't an expensive fish either. No, it wasn't. No. No. Sunday morning, I dragged my husband up because we were visiting family in Nottingham. Mm. Mm. Where the bloody hell are you taking me? <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it was overwintered and picked it up yeah. in the spring. Yeah. Um, show her, there's, there's something there with show her, isn't there? They are fascinating. I, I think they're the most difficult, you know, you, you say about Sankey, um, but to me, show her, it's just so difficult to get everything right. Mm. But if you do get it right, mm. wow, they're yeah. just yeah. I think the mild. transforming element of show her is one that keeps people hooked. Yeah. They, yeah. they really do just constantly blow your mind, don't they, what, yeah. they, what they can can do. Yeah. I think they're a variety that have probably changed more in more recent time, mm. since you you said recently, since the, the Mako sort of bloodline mm. at Momotaro mm. and then that sort of filtering through to some of the Dainichis and things. Mm. That, that being able to push Showa to the same sort of levels as Sankey yeah, and Kohaku, yeah, yeah. I, I think has been a bit of a game changer. It's remarkable what they did, really. Um, and it's good that they are doing that while they're developing, you know, your golden corns and, and these new yeah. sort of varieties. Yeah, that... it keeps it fresh, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. It does keep it fresh. Yeah. And that's, for me, what my appreciation has no bounds. If it's good, I'm generally getting to it quite quite easily. Mm. But, uh, yeah, favourite breeders then, or favourite breeder, again, both of you. Uh, on... Just one on, note that you've had experiences yeah. with on average. Show where it has to be Fuji. Mm. Yeah. His, his stuff is... I wish there was... Well, in a way, I wish there was more available in this country. Mm. Um, I, I think he's very underrated. People just don't see what he's producing mm. enough of to, to experience just how far he's come. Mm. Don't really produce him anymore, you know. Shame. Leaves it all to Makoto. Ah, well. (laughs) 
yeah. I mean, he, he yeah, he's, he's with his supervision, yeah. of course. Yeah. But now it's took an interesting. Obviously, the the line that you'll have known, obviously, back when you visited Japan and all the rest, they do actually still have some of the parents from that line, yeah. but they're not really producing any yeah. sort of numbers. It's a a new evolution at NND now. It's all based on Dainichi blood. Mm. But the the set at the minute, what it tends to do is they've not had a lot of consistency in recent years and parent fish changes, but they've got one at the minute that I own quite a few fish of and this parent is just an absolute beast. I've never seen skin like it and the head, I'll have to dig your picture out of it, it's an absolute jackhammer of an head on it mm. like I've never seen on a koi and it's a trait that's passing through. So yeah, all of a sudden it's like they've clicked, they've got something here at the minute and it's it's dead interesting again. Yeah. But they never seem to follow a, a uniform style in their production. I think that's something Umo's always had with his shower. Yeah. They always look different yeah. to everybody else's yeah. in what he, he created. Yeah. It's nice. It it's it's strange you say that because you can pick them out. Mm. Um there was a, a video, I think it was a German guy that was doing them um and it said about going to nnd mm -hmm, farm mm -hmm. and there was a bowl of showa mm. he'd also been to dainichi yeah fujios were just like yeah, yeah you can tell that bowl is that's dainichi and if you that. know the subtle differences mm. it's it's clear to see mm. but some of the stuff he produced was just yeah. phenomenal guy as well yeah really so phenomenal. so nice yeah. so nice so what about you rob I gotta love sort of Dainichi and, and what they're mm -hmm. doing, yeah. but actually for my own pond, mm -hmm. it's gotta be Takano. The, the three I've got of those, couple getting close to eighty cm, yeah. and and yeah, they just float my boat. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I suppose I've been a bit unfortunate. A couple of sakai that I've had have sort of developed secondary. Mm. A couple of Dainichis I've, I've been pleased with, mm. but but no, for my pond Takano, yeah. probably. For overall, then I would say Dainichi. Yeah. Again, Takano, what a, what a boy. If only you could all get to meet him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, for people who don't know, that's been in the UK market under a sort of cameo name of Secret Sankey for a number of years. But the one behind it, Takano, yeah, serious guy. And uh, yeah, Ollie Breeze is Sankey. He's actually his day job, as he likes to remind me constantly. He's, he's a mud pond constructor, mm. quite a renowned one because he managed to get big diggers in very tight spaces up very tall mountains yeah yeah uh, and yeah he it's the humility of the guy is unbelievable you know that's tell him about his fish and he's just like yeah they're not all that good uh, it's just incredible when you're actually stood there while you're looking at his fish and that's sort of his attitude and he's not even saying it for attention it's what he actually believes mm. hats off to the guy You'll have to get him on Facebook. You'll see by the amount I, of likes. I honestly and, um, think, yeah, we're hopefully getting the crew out there as soon as we can. And he is one person I want on yeah. camera. Yeah. Hopefully not asking me for new pictures of my wife again either. If <laughs> <laughs> it gets a bit of discount. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. It's been it's great. Been and I think, uh, I think people's going to take a lot from a chat like this so fingers Hopefully. crossed and yeah. maybe when you're up this way again we'll get you back another 10 years <laughs> <laughs> brilliant so uh, yeah there we have it folks and uh, yeah we'll be back again soon with uh, another episode thanks for tuning in <laughs>